Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Daisy Bateman. I'm so excited to talk with her. Um, her just released mystery book just came out, A Dismal Harvest. I'm, we're holding it up here if you're on YouTube with us. Was just published on March 15th. Otherwise known as the Ides of March. Nothing mysterious ever happens that day. Oh, no, or murderous or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious to see what she thinks about that omen. Um, but first, let me tell everybody about Daisy. Uh, she is the author author of the lefty nominated which if you don't know is a big deal a marketplace <laughs> mystery series in which an artisan arti, artisan artisan yeah. apparently i wanted to get a little a little sexy there Fancy. artisan marketplace owner claudia simcoe solves mysteries and eats things in an idyllic small town on the northern california coast a mystery lover cheese enthusiast and this we have to ask her about world-renowned expert in why you should buy that. Daisy <laughs> lives in Alameda, California with her husband, a puppy and a cat. And in what passes for a normal life, she works in biotech. Um, Interesting. I, I know there's a lot to unpack there, which I'm very excited about. Um, I do wanna tell you about this really great endorsement from Publishers Weekly. Um, Claudia's lively and often Highly amusing narration presents plausible potential suspects and motives galore. All this plus intelligent, furry, and feathered friends, cozy fans will eagerly await Claudia's next adventure, which we have today. We're now yes. on to the next We're adventure. On number two, right? Yeah. So Daisy, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for having me. This is great to great to be here. Yay! Absolutely. I know. So before we even get started, we we're gonna talk about what we're drinking today because mm -hmm. We're kind of branching out Wait, from uh -huh. wine. We're going into the cider world. Um, it kind of goes well with, with Daisy's book and you no. suggested it, Daisy. This is Ace Cider, located in- uh, Sebastopol, I think. The town where the book takes place, kind of? Close to the, 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 the town where the book takes place doesn't really exist, but it's modeled after a town that's very close to where this is made. Okay. And it, and it is, you go ahead and taste it, girl, girls, <laughs> girls. <laughs> so according to their website, they're pure, clean, refreshing because they use, use only the best eating apples for their juice and best ingredients you, they could buy. And also they tout themselves as the first cider pub in the U.S. I don't know. I'm, I'm not well versed. I didn't even know there were cider pubs, so I <laughs> pretend to believe that. Have you been there, Daisy? I have. It's a it's a great place. It's it's very funky, kind of right on the edge of edge of a, a town, this small northern California town. Uh, you go in the summer sometimes. They have barbecue oysters, which is Ooh, sort of fun. I love barbecue around, oysters. around there. Oh, mm. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually got guava flavor because that's what we had in Florida at the store where I found it. I have upon Daisy's recommendation. I have pear. What do you have, Daisy? I also have the pear. It's that I think that this one's my favorite. It's what I've 
Always got, and there is a there's a Perry that appears in the book, so I thought that. Was oh, that's perfect. Yep. This is I'm going to tell you right now my first hard cider I've ever had. Oh wow! Really? I'm I really well. It's because I actually I just, don't really remember the last time I have, but I know I've had it before. I've, I mean, never I've lived had it. long I, enough. <laughs> I'm a fan. I did. I thought, oh, this is. I don't know. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm glad. I, I hadn't realized I was I was taking such a risk here. Yeah, groundbreaking. <laughs> We're really not that hard. <laughs> okay, oh, so good. let's get into this, Daisy. I am so thrilled for you. Congratulations. We both are just think this is great. Well, thank you so uh, much. Your book came out on the Ides of March. What did you think mm -hmm. of that? Uh, I thought it was a great way to, to remind everybody what day my book was coming out. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's perfect. I bet you were busy on social media on that day. Sadly, no stab there's no stabbing in the book, so I can't really tie it in. Nobody, nobody's, <laughs> None of the deaths happen on steps of, of Senate or other. Right. Next time. Murderer, <laughs> spoiler alert, murderer not named Brutus. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about, though, what does happen. So this is the second installment, A Dismal Harvest, which is a great title. It's the second installment in the series. Claudia Simcoe has left San Francisco in her, her tech job. Um, so I'm really excited to ask you about where that came, idea came from. Um, to go do this um, farm-to-table mar marketplace, right? In the first book, she was the main suspect and had to kind of clear herself. But in this book... Um, it's a friend of hers, a tenant that is uh, suspected of killing a, wait for it, crooked lawyer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. We all know them. Now, I think Kathy, Kathy, you know, you got out of the business. I, I have actually been called that exact phrase when I was in my previous life. Like, that exact phrase. The, the, the quote was, oh, just what we need, another crooked lawyer. Thank you. Anyway. Um, so and that wasn't I, her husband saying that either. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so I know, Claudia, that you are, Claudia's called you your main character. <laughs> Daisy, <laughs> you are a lover of cheese. I've been on your blog. I, yes. I have, I am also a lover of cheese. And we both um, are. <laughs> we all, we all love cheese. Really? Yeah. Who doesn't? Right. But the, but the um, some the, people some, don't, but they're crazy. They're wrong. They're just wrong. <laughs> the suspect is, um, is a cheesemaker. And so mm -hmm. I just thought that was really fun to learn about. And I was curious about how this whole concept came to you for the first book, just this, this marketplace that, that Claudia creates. And how did this all come to you? Well, I, I mean, I wanted to write a cozy mystery because it's, it's what I love reading. And, uh, and I was thinking about where, so where sort of, what sort of place you could set it. And I just noticed that these artisan market things keep popping up, particularly in the West, I'm sure across the country as well, that like, that sell local, local goods. And it's, it's, it kind of became a thing. And I just, I think I was reading a sunset article about one at one point. I'm like, wow, that would be a great setting for a mystery because wow. you've got this diverse group of people all doing interesting things all in a place. And it's all, you know, lots of weapons probably lots of weapons <laughs> the, 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 fir the first in the first book there is a, a a cheese wire and a giant jar of pickles are employed um, <laughs> to say and then obviously there's butcher knives and other things around but, uh, um, yeah I just I just thought it would give it would have a lot of scope for multiple stories so that so that a series that could go on and uh, one book I could talk about cheese and another book I can talk about charcuterie and I love it. Oh, That's yeah. such a cool theme. I mean, I, I would enjoy just doing the research, I think, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Research is great. Highly recommend. <laughs> right. You know, your blog that Kathy mentioned does 
tell us a lot about cheese, which I thought was really cool. I mean, I think everybody should go on and check that out just for the cheese, because I loved how you like on the last newsletter or something, how to build a cheese plate and you name the cheeses like funky and creamy and, and then have five different ones like that. And that's how you pick it. And I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. I can follow those rules. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, lots of people have lots of ideas about cheese plate building. And I'm certainly, you know, there are like cheesemongers and chefs who put them together. That That's just my idea. It's a nice thing about cheese. It's really hard to do it wrong. It is. I mean, that's I have true. A, I was gifted a, I actually thought about this when I was reading your book. I have to find it. I was gifted um, a kitchen towel by a friend and it's, um, it's orange. And it says in big giant words, I effing oh, oh yeah. look at your thing i effing love cheese yeah. is the whole towel look at christie's oh oh i'm sorry this is this was a That's christmas impressive. present from my kids and see they put it in there christie's kitchen right. and it had some of my favorite things books and wine in my college yeah. isn't that nice that's great so i definitely need your tips for cheese <laughs> <laughs> i love that so, um, okay, so you mentioned all the characters you get to create. Let's talk about that, because you have a really great cast of characters. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind of the the real the joy of writing these books is is coming up with these characters and trying to find ways, you know, give them quirks that you might not necessarily expect, you know, the um, over-the-top Swiss cheesemaker man <laughs> I have to use him in small and small quantities because he's a little bit much. But uh, yes. <laughs> dedicated to his craft. <laughs> yeah, no, I just each person comes in. I try to think about them as if they were the center of the story and like how to how to make an, a person who would be interesting enough to read about on their own, and then are also part of the whole story. Oh, that's interesting. That is really that's good. good. So, do, when you're creating these characters, I'm I'm curious. Do you are you a um, a, a writer who like does a lot of backstory for each character. I mean, you really know who they are and their worlds. Not too much of that. A little bit for my main character because I really need to, to get into yeah. depth with her. But a lot of it just sort of comes up in the moment and it's like, oh, and I think now Carmen used to be a pool shark on, on uh, River Cruises. That's fun. <laughs> I'll figure out if I can use that later. <laughs> So I'm thinking that your readers probably are going to be also friends of yours who you see at these marketplaces in California. And if they see you at one of these, they're going to be like, I better be careful. I'm not going to end up in Daisy's next book. <laughs> People frankly should be more careful around me. I don't realize it yet. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So also, um, I really liked this quote by Katrina McPherson because she's one of our favorite authors too and she's a mary higgins clark award mm -hmm. finalist yeah. and everything so she you know we trust what she, she says. knows her stuff daisy and so she this is how she describes she your your series the foodie foodie cozy is not too sweet not too sharp but just right the setting a farm to fork marketplace and cottage by the sea in california pulls us in on page one and the daydream is complete when we meet Claudia Simcoe, who's a BFF waiting to happen, which, of course, we all want to be friends with her. <laughs> of course, murder gets in the way, but the plot is tight, twists convincing, the resolution nicely sprung, and did I say it's laugh out loud funny? 
So what we want to know is, does this writing with humor come naturally or is it harder than it looks? Are you going to fill us in on the dirt? or? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm... I put jokes in pretty much everything I do, I think. Um, so I think it comes it, naturally. It, it, it's a little bit like. But it's also work. Like you do have to, you do have to view, look at your jokes critically and be like, am I just indulging myself here? Is anybody else <laughs> going to even understand why I think this is funny? And, you know, have I, have I stretched a little bit too far to try to make this joke work? And now the whole paragraph doesn't make sense. Like you have to be a little bit brutal, even with your humor. Now, are you able to self-regulate or do you have somebody else read it like, you know, your husband and he, uh, <laughs> my agent and my editor are pretty good at pointing out the places where something has fallen flat. You know what? I don't get this. Oh, it was supposed to be funny. Well, it's not funny. Yeah. Well, it's like a stand up <laughs> comedian. You know immediately if the audience is going to laugh or not. But how do you know when you're a writer until somebody reads it? <laughs> yeah, no, that it really is. it. it's not uh, you're right to be read. You can't just be amusing yourself. Yeah, and I love the location too. Um, San San Elmo. <laughs> you say it's. I thought it was. I thought it was probably a real place. I didn't know. You know, we haven't been to California as much, but yeah. yeah so it's based on there, there's a there's a town called Bodega Bay in California. It's oh yeah, I've been to. there. Yes, so it's based. San, I've, I've I've been going there since I was a little kid, and um, so San Elmo Bay is based on Bodega Bay, and it just made the town a little bit larger because and and get, yeah gave it more of a downtown, so there was a little bit more setting for things to happen in the town. So I kind isn't of that where the birds was filmed? Yeah, that was where the birds was filmed. Yeah, that's where my dad. I went with my dad, and he fell the first minute we got there, and we had oh. to go to the emergency room inland. Oh probably all the way to Santa Rosa or, or something. I don't know where it was. It was, you know, it was at night and I was like, oh my gosh, because I had driven up from San Francisco in fog. So I was just yeah. ready to settle. And then he cut his hand. And so we uh, went to this emergency room and didn't get home. And everything was closed because it's uh, pretty yeah, quiet. I, it's a pretty quiet, pretty tiny town. Um, yeah. As it, as it exists in reality. But very pretty. Yeah. No, in a beautiful, beautiful setting. Otters in the bay. Did you grow up in this area? I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. You um, did. So Sounds absolutely, I mean, perfect for a cozy because, right, mm -hmm. you want that perfect picture community, but uh, it sounds absolutely beautiful by really? your descriptions. And, yeah, oh, I think, I think it's one of those gorgeous places in the world. Oh, might that's be awesome. biased. <laughs> you might yep. be biased. I don't know. Um, okay, so let's segue, Christy, don't you think, and ask yes. her the you question in the bottle. While I'm getting <laughs> okay, so the question is, Oh, this is a good one. If you could travel anywhere for a meal, where would it be? Ooh. Oh, that is a tough one because there's a lot of great places that I love. I know, gosh. I think I travel everywhere for the meal. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I would probably have to say Tokyo. Some of just the some of the absolute best food I have ever had, I think, is there. I mean, France France is putting up a good fight. But um, yeah, that just I didn't I didn't really understand why you know you get you sometimes you go for sushi here and they serve you uni and it's kind of disgusting. I didn't understand why anybody ate it until I went to, to Japan. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, it's fabulous if you get it and it's good wow. and fresh. Um, but yeah, and it's not even anything specific. It's just the food in general is is so good there. And uh, mm. I'm gonna have to go when I go on my trip to Korea, which actually probably does have really good food also, too. I also mean, has fantastic food. Yeah. Yes. 
that's a really good answer and i'm kind of inspired i love i loved italy for the food mm. like tuscany mm. Mm. you know what i like to eat everywhere uh-huh. <laughs> yeah no i mean i, could, I, I travel I, I, across the country u.s and just stop and <laughs> eat at fun restaurants I, yeah, for, for years, my favorite book to give as a gift and keep for myself was uh, called Road Food. This is a pair of writers who used to write for Gourmet Magazine and who would drive around the country and go to all... That was basically the original diners, drive-ins, and dives. Um, oh, well, at least it wasn't called Roadkill Food. I thought that's what you were going to say. I was like, that's what we got down here in Florida in the South. We got Roadkill Food. They listed many lovely places in Florida. Sadly, I think the book is long since out of date because, you know, restaurants don't stay around. Yeah. But yeah, I did yeah. A, years ago. I did a cross country driving trip and used it as my as my guide, and it and uh, yeah, went to the funkiest little places. All oh, the cool, fantastic food. That's oh. so cool. I love um, books and TV shows that and movies. Anything that deals with food and travel, like that's such a cool, great combination, isn't it? Yeah, I know. We should do that, Kathy, and we can throw in you know author interviews along the way. <laughs> Over food and traveling. Kathy's like, okay, I have so much I have to do. Please don't make me. I think travel is so, the idea of travel is like, what? Travel? Because we haven't done it for so long. I know, that's true. You add food in and it's like, oh, my man. Um, Okay. So uh, that was an excellent answer. And I want to go to Tokyo immediately for Mm -hmm. fresh um, food. Like I'm picturing you sitting out and like, street vendors and stuff for some reason i don't know if that's actually oddly enough some one of the some of the one of the or a couple of the best meals we had were in restaurants and shopping malls oh really yeah like they it, it, the, the, the shopping malls there often on the top floor have really nice little restaurants that you can just, and you know it's not i'm sure if you were if you're doing like the michelin guide you are going to the fan but yeah. But I guess for me, one of my definitions of a great food city is somewhere where anywhere you go at kind of any level, you get great food. Mm-hmm. It's what I love about Berkeley, which is pretty much where I grew up, is like there's fabulous cuisine and there's also like really great hot dogs. <sighs> I'm so hungry right now. I'm literally, my mouth is um, producing an excess amount of saliva. Sorry to tell you that. Okay, so I'm very curious, Daisy. You work like you say, in your normal day in biotech, how did you go from doing that to deciding to become a cozy writer on the side? Tell me about that transition. Well, I mean, I, I'm doing both. Yeah, it was sort of always both. Um, I've always loved reading. I loved writing. I've, I've been been writing since I was right. Started writing my first novel when I was in college. Which oh, let's really? not talk about how long this has been. <laughs> <laughs> But I and mysteries mysteries are what I read. Um, so the the biotech, you know, it satisfies the sci- kind of science interest side of me and the the part of me that needs a job to make money. Then mm-hmm. the codes and then writing cozy mysteries is is just the passion that I have. I love that. I know. I love that. I saw that your blog on your website goes all the way back to two thousand four. I think <laughs> actually it goes back to that that cross country drive I was just talking about. Really. Yes, it started out as a blog on Blogspot called Half the Fun, because getting there is half the fun. half the fun. (laughs) Um, And was uh, uh, infrequently updated ever since. I was wondering if any of this is related to the um, tagline in your intro that you are a world-renowned, why should you buy that? (laughs) 
That's mostly Expert. a service I provide to friends. I I got the world renowned in there because I know some people in Canada. So, <laughs> okay. so you you're the they're, you're the shopping guide for your friends. I'm the or? Guide, and if somebody is like. I really like these shoes, but I don't think I need them. I'm very good at coming up with a reason of why you do need them. Oh, that's funny. So I used to have a friend like that who, you know, if I would be debating, if I told her I would end up buying it guaranteed. (laughs) Yeah. I've always needed a person like that because I can never make decisions. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So you've, I love that you've been writing forever and you've written previous novels. We've had authors on that call them their practice novels, right? Mm -hmm. That are carefully put away. I have one of those, two of those actually too. I want to know what you've learned since you've actually gotten published, finished your books and gotten published in the last couple of years. Like what has been the big takeaway? Um, well, I had to learn to write to a deadline, which was a big difference. You know, all the, all, all the time we're writing the practice novels, nobody's waiting for it. So mm-hmm. really learning how to sit down and just put the words on the page. The, the, the line about you can't edit a blank page could not be more true. You know, not to get hung up on, well, I've got to figure out the exact thing to put here. Just put something there and keep going. Yeah, that's a hard thing to learn for some people anyway, like me. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I don't know, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not a real good, I kind of like to edit too much on my way. Mm-hmm. It takes longer. And it's which is a perfectly valid way to write. But when you're on a deadline, and you just need to, and it, 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 you can get hung up on, I need to get this right, instead of I need to get this done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done is better than right all the time. Most mm-hmm. of the time, like you said, games went down. So do you have a, um, a pattern that you stick to? Are you a morning writer? Or are you a writer whenever you can? We just talked to a writer a few weeks ago who has a full-time job as well. And she writes religiously over her noon hour at work. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed by that. And she said, even when she gets invitations from coworkers to go out for lunch, she's like, nope. I was very impressed by that schedule. What, what's yours like? So it will, so for her Dismal Harvest, because that was written in lockdown, I'm, I'm mostly an evening writer. My brain does not work terribly well first thing. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I, I, that was mostly written in the evenings after work, um, but actually a lot of my other writing and what I do, do now is I commute on the ferry. So there's oh. a ferry across the, 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 the San Francisco Bay. I live in Alameda, which is an island on the east side of the bay, and I work in South San Francisco, which is a different city from San Francisco itself. So it's about a, a 40-minute ferry ride where you're trapped and you yeah. have to get and, something and done. And the Wi-Fi is terrible. So that's awesome. So I just, I've got, I've got that. And then I do also work in the evenings when I have time. Wow. But mm-hmm. yeah, that gives me kind of a block of time each way. To, wow. To that's, yeah. That's, that's use of time. It is. It sounds very picturesque also. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was like. I was like, Great. oh, I just want to do that just to ride along. <laughs> like going, going to an exotic place country just to write a novel i'm like yeah i'm gonna ride the floor to work (laughs) (laughs) to your exotic job (laughs) you do see dolphins so are you are you moving forward with this series are we going to get to see another one of um i certainly hope so third book is 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 underway but uh okay nothing nothing scheduled yet okay well we'll be looking for it <laughs> I mean, you, this one just came out, but you know how it is yeah, when she's like, you're on a, a series, just my you're like, birthday. I know. <laughs> like, What's next? She's just talking deadlines. I'm like, who knows? They won't try to impose one on you. 
I, I, I'm curious about like your road to publication. Did you write the first one in the series and then do the traditional pitching to an agent? How did you, how'd that come about? So what actually happened is the um, the book, I, I, so I, I have an agent and I pitched her, but I pitched her a previous book to Murder Goes to Market, oh. um, which uh, it's sort of, I call it my ghost book. It sold, but to a, a publisher that immediately closed, mm. so it, but it, it does kind of follow me around on the internet, despite <laughs> it existed in the real world. Um, so that one, that, that, so then I did the very much the traditional thing. I wrote a query letter. I went through uh, agent query. I sent them, I sent things out and I eventually found this terrific agent who wanted to work with me. Um, so then after that, that, after that didn't happen, I sort of sat down and reassessed and uh, had a lot of wine. And <laughs> came up with, a, with an idea for a new series and I wrote that and then we pitched that to editors. Oh, great! Not a linear path, then. No, no, more of a roller coaster than a, than a railroad. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but that that's kind of cool. I mean, I understand it's not great the first book and everything, but to be able to pitch to editors like on spec versus having the whole book done. I didn't have to have that fully. I I had to have the first book fully written. Oh, okay. (laughs) But at the idea of a series. I wrote the book and then we pitched that book to editors. The second book I did, uh, you know, because I went back to the same editor, I was able just to send a pitch. And they- So how long long did your agent say, when she said, yeah, this sounds good, this new series, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna write this first one so that we can then, well, how long did that, like what period of time are you talking about? I think it took uh, from from when I started writing the book to when we started sending out it was probably a little over a year. I'm very bad at time, particularly since every, all all of time seems um, since all time stopped. So, was your relationship with your agent one that you could, as you were writing, ask her questions, and did you keep her clued in, or did she just sit quietly back? Definitely more the fr- former. Um, I, you know, I keep sort of keep her up to date what I'm doing and. Uh, She's very editorial, so I once I had a draft, I sent it to her, and she sends back a lot of comments, and I don't respond to the email for 24 hours, and then I go through and work on the comments. Um, That's the hardest part, right? A couple, mm-hmm. a couple of rounds of that before it goes to market before we send it out. So it was, it was pretty ready to go. Anyway, well, you know, I think we should... G- go to that uh, final question that we ask all of our authors and that is which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be well i mean claudia is the obvious answer but i'm not sure if i would just be sharing a meal with myself at that point so uh, <laughs> i think i'm going to say betty and it would be um it would be one of the one of the, the lovely pasta dishes she cooks with the fresh ingredients from her garden and um and probably some, some lovely fresh ricotta from the uh, dancing cow cheese uh, so my country. mouth is watering now too at least mine is watering about this gourmet meal not a hot dog kathy i got hungry <laughs> They were really good hot okay, dogs. Okay, okay. To be fair, you dogs. did say they were good hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Daisy, if our, when our listeners have more questions about you and your latest book, A Dismal Harvest, where is the best place to find you? Well, my website is definitely um, just don't, I, I, every every comment on my website goes to my spam, so it might, sometimes it takes me a little while to respond. Um, I'm also very active on Twitter at, at Daisy J. 
Um, and so that is that's probably the best place to find me. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, but less reliably. At Daisy All right. Jay. So look it up. Look it up. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today and introducing us to this cider, which we're going to do a final cheers, cheers to your to birthday. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.